Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, welcome everybody to Smarter Building Materials Marketing. I am Zach Williams alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikolov, and we've got a really exciting show for you today. You know, there's one thing we hear from a lot of manufacturers, and that is, what does Amazon mean to their business? Should they be scared? Is there opportunity for them to grow using Amazon? And how do they even get started? And this is something we want to help you guys understand and tackle those questions today, which is why we're really excited to bring on a good friend of mine and actually a client of ours, Greg Wyman. Greg is the Vice President of Marketing and E-Commerce for Basco Showered Enclosures, and he's got a great background in digital strategy and specifically was tapped by Basco to help them lead their shift from traditional to digital marketing. Uh, and the real thing we want to talk to Greg about today is Amazon. Specifically, how did Basco start, scale, and grow their presence on Amazon? What have they learned and how can you apply it to your business are the things that we want to tackle. So now that we've set the bar incredibly high for our listeners, welcome to the show, Greg. We're glad to have you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be a part of this. I'm a big fan too, by the way, Zach. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, Greg and I were talking about the show and he listened to our first couple podcasts and he said, yeah, your content is great, but you guys probably need to drink, you know, have a shot or two before you guys get started to loosen up a bit. And so... I, right, after, right before we got on the show, I pulled out a, a glass of wine <laughs> Nice <laughs> to loosen it up a bit, right? I need one now. So, Greg, why don't you just you know, give our listeners a little bit of an overview of uh, your career and what led you to Basco, and then we can, we can talk a little about Basco itself and, and what you guys are doing. My role originally when I was brought in was more along the lines of traditional marketing. Uh, we had some, obviously, digital components to that. Things obviously around email marketing, search, and doing a new website, but the e-commerce part really almost happened by accident. When I first got here, we were on some big box sites. We were partners with them in the store, so as their attention started to go towards uh, e-commerce, they asked us to list product, and so it was very reactive. They wanted the endless aisle, and we wanted to be a good partner. So while we were on there and we were seeing some sales from it. Again, it wasn't a real, a real optimized approach. We had one image and some basic descriptions. But as sales did start to trickle in, we started to say, okay, how could we do this better? And I think the, the light bulb sort of went off that, that these were all sort of like search engines. And you know, some of the best practices they passed along were very search engine-like around keywords. And more images would have us grow in visibility, things like that. So... We started to apply some of those search engine best practices to our listings and uh, build bigger descriptions, use high traffic keywords. And, you know, so again, we started to see the benefit from that as we started to to add those kind of things, our sales started to go up incrementally. Amazon is its own search engine. Like that's what probably what a lot of manufacturers think about is it's a search engine in and of its own. Not only are they trying to get you, Basco, to rank well on Google to drive people to their site. But even if someone's on Amazon searching for, let's say, a shower door or another billing product for that matter, there's competition for that ranking, right? Absolutely. And in that matter, are you, are, are, have you guys been really intentional about trying to get, you know, and see that, that ranking increase? Because you talked about how you're, you applied search tactics with Google to Amazon, but are, are you finding that it's very similar 
to Google, or are you saying it's a completely different ballgame? I think there is a ton of similarities. I think they all learn from Google on some level, um, and, and I think applied a lot of those same algorithms. Now, what Amazon has done since, I think, is, is you know, again, always looking out for their customer, but also, you know, they, they are mindful of themselves as they choose their search results for what are the best results for their customers and, and them for profitability, um, you know, we've seen where better margin doors show up more often. Um, there's, there's about 10 check boxes that we always say that we have to hit in order to, uh, to show up more. So, um, everything from, again, what I mentioned, call it the organic results. The, do you have nine photos? You know, is your description good? Do you do a plus content, which is another, uh, check box of, giving their customer more information, um, you know, but then how well are you converting? That's where uh, the big aha was for us, I think, was it's not just about getting results. It's about getting page views that drive conversion. And the more conversions you have, the more you will show up. The rich get richer, if you will. So we talk about it like a snowball. We're building the snowball for each skew. It's not for Basco. We're building for this. Each skew is almost its own um, battleground. And where we have to build up that momentum, build up that snowball of page views to conversions uh, to sales um, to, to grow that skew and, you know, get it visibility uh, on Amazon. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes good sense. Um, you know, what's interesting, Greg, is that Basco and shower enclosures are not a simple product. Like we know that from, they are, they are immensely more complicated than one would think. Something, something we've learned for right. the last couple we of would, years. We would know really well. Uh, <laughs> and that you wouldn't think like just looking at it, you're like, how complicated could it be? Extremely, extremely complicated is the answer to that question. And I think for a lot of building material manufacturers, they shy away from online retailers like Amazon, and I love that you guys are just embracing it instead. So how have you overcome the complexities of your product so that it's understandable and digestible for the end consumer in a way that they're able to make an immediate purchase? Yeah, shower doors are complicated. I, I agree. They're, they're much more complicated than they would seem to be on the surface. But we have our product strategy is different in this channel than it would be. And that's taking some of the complexity out. We've gone with what I'd call the more simple versions of, of shower enclosures, skew-based. Again, it's a very skew-based channel, whereas Basco's uh, business is, is much more around custom, one-of-a-kind doors. Uh, what we're selling on the internet is a small share of our full line um, because it's easily digestible, and it, frankly, it's a skew that, that they can deal with. They're not in a position to really do custom uh, in the capacity that we see as custom, and that's where the complexity really falls in. So in the simpler value-based uh, products that we offer, it kind of is a 48-inch opening or a 60-inch opening and, you, you know, certain heights, and there's adjustability in there. So... Um, where the complexity for us has come from is that we are 
much more now focused on a DIYer in this segment, um, where the other products that we make that are more custom in nature are installed by professionals. So from the marketing team standpoint, we've really had to shift how we talk uh, to these folks and, and write our descriptions. And that's been a great learning for us, um, which again is I think another benefit of the channel is you're having a direct relationship with your end user. Uh, and oftentimes in building products, that's not necessarily the case. So, you know, between questions they can ask through Amazon or any of the other portals to uh, reviews, um, you know, we can learn from reviews. We learn how then to go alter our listings to make them more self-sufficient and, you know, again, speak more to the DIYer versus where we may talk shop and use terms that people I think at first didn't understand. So that's been a nice That's really lining. interesting. Yeah. If I'm a manufacturer listening to this podcast, if I, sell, if I sell to the pro market, let's say I sell to architects or I sell to contractors, I might think, you know, Amazon isn't where my audience is. There's not potential for that yet. Uh, you just mentioned you, you primarily target DIYers. Are you seeing that there is potential? Like, if, would you advise, you know, every manufacturer to say, hey, you've got to look at Amazon or is, or is it a case-by-case basis and it really d- does depend on a few things? I, I think it's a case-by-case basis and it's, uh, it's an overall strategy that you got to ask a couple questions uh, around, um, you know, as Beth mentioned, complexity of the product. Uh, but in terms of the audience, you know, we still believe that, well, I say DIYer, I I, we know there are still pros buying our product on, on Amazon. It's a fact. But they may not be the guys doing the volume. You know, they may be doing 10 projects a year. Um, or they're just a, a bit simpler sort of project in the bathroom space. But we know based on all the data we get, there are pros buying our product online. Um, when it comes to is, is, is it right, uh, for, for a particular business. I think, you know, you really have to ask yourself um, long-term, where is this going to be? And I think inherently we all know that people are going to crave uh, the idea of buying anything online. I think we're seeing Home Depot is really, uh, really, I think, focused on this idea um, of, of the, knowing the pro is going to buy 50 sinks and wants them delivered to the, to the site. Um, you know, we're all consumers at the end of the day. We're all wanting convenience. I think Amazon has shown how convenient shopping can be. And so at the end of the day, long-term, I think every, every brand, regardless building products, whatever, uh, needs to ask themselves, how do we make it more convenient by being able to buy online? Yeah. Amazon is, is so customer obsessed, right? Like they're not obsessed necessarily on their competition. They're going to look at the competition. I mean, I've, I've seen quotes from Bezos where he says, we're going to monitor our competition and take their ideas and do them better essentially. But they're so obsessed with how do we remove the friction that's in place with buying products, whether that's, you know, other, other customer validation via reviews or, how do we make it easier for people to get these things in their hands quickly? Um, is it? Have you seen 
a shift in your own organization to, to try to take that same mentality of, of understanding, gosh, what does our end user really want and how do we, how do we think like Amazon in that way? Absolutely. And I think that was, that was one of the things that, um, again, I don't know if we saw coming, but it's really helped us, again, get more connected to our end user in many ways. But um, I think the Amazon effect of faster, you know, more selection, more value is happening across every industry. And as a manufacturer, we have to look at ways to, to do those things uh, in a more efficient manner. So we're really asking ourselves, how do we, how do we get product uh, quicker? Uh, again, I mentioned our custom business. We were, our lead times were more of a custom product um, lead time. And, and we've now said, okay, how do we get product out in, in a couple of days? Um, because that's what Amazon and everyone is asking from us. So it goes back to, it was, it was initially a marketing thing here and now it's marketing and sales. And now it's really become a company wide, uh, discussion of how do we better serve these customers from obviously the support side with what I mentioned on reviews and, um, product development, but also from manufacturing. How do we, how do we meet the demands that are that are coming our way? Because what we see is when we do those things, we sell more. Um, if we can get our lead times down to the three to five day mark versus two weeks, three weeks, um, we see huge sales jumps. Because Amazon ranks you higher, is that why? They rank you higher, and uh, I think every consumer is just shopping for that um, you know, faster, I need this now, um, the patience level. But yes, I, I think there's a big aspect of Amazon's, again, to your point, really pushing for what's the best for their customer. And so they'll push those that are faster because that's what they want. Um, we have, again, I think it's been really interesting to see Amazon controls the lead time. So we've it's based on our performance. If we have an average of three to five days, they change all our SKUs to three to five days. If we start to lag because of production levels in the spring, again, we, we had a huge volume spike um, and our lead time suffered from it. And then we saw our, our growth rates get impacted from that. So it's been a learning experience to say, how do we do this better consistently um, you know, to deliver that faster lead time, which is going to, you know, pay for itself in terms of growth. The kind of basically market research data that you're getting out of this, Greg, is, I mean, it's just invaluable. It is. It's awesome. The voice of the customer, you know, conversations yeah. directly with them. And what their questions are is, to me, where you find what, as a marketer, you could do better. You know, what you, you don't want to have questions, obviously, from the standpoint of, that's an opportunity to communicate something better. That's one thing that makes Amazon so powerful is their ability to collect data and then use that data. Like if you, if you own a big box and you go watch somebody, you know, go through a couple aisles, they might look at some products and you can ask them, well, I saw you look at that product. Why didn't you buy it? And you have, you know, you could ask them, but they might not know. If you're Amazon, you might see some people looking at different products and they don't buy it. And then they A-B test and they roll out price changes. They roll out a little tweak and they see if that affects the purchase rate of that product in a way that, frankly, is really hard to compete with 
if you're just in traditional, you know, big box retailers. And I'm sure, you know, they, they use that. I'm not sure I know that they use that data to their advantage, but it is, it is a shift for a lot of manufacturers to think that way. Like, how can we get more agile and quick with our decision-making and roll out tests and try things out, you know? Absolutely. Well, and then there's learnings that you can apply from the data you're getting from Amazon to your own website. Like, Greg, you've mentioned a couple of little things that you guys have done. Like, you notice that the more images that you have, the purchase rate for that specific door goes up, which what's interesting is that when you start digging into market research, you just realize you're selling to humans. Like, we can call them architects and we can call them contractors, but you're just you're selling to people. And you think like, yeah, that's what I do. When I click on a product on Amazon and there's three pictures, I'm like, I'm annoyed, one. And two, I'm like, no, I can't. I need to... I don't know why I've decided I need to know what that Tupperware looks like on an, like sitting on its left corner up at a you know 90 degree <laughs> angle but Amazon has taught me that I should expect that and I'm going to buy the I don't know why I just limited myself to Tupperware but you know what I'm saying I, Absolutely I agree I said the other day in a, in a management meeting that I was envious of all the data that that they have and you know what I meant by that was in terms of product development you know in terms of where you should be focusing, you know, they know exactly where they should be focusing. And I think the more that any, any of us can take that model and learn from it, um, you know, the, the more success you're going to have. You know, Greg, one thing that I talked about is, and I think we talked about this a few months ago when we were at a conference together, was Amazon, I think in 2009, started their private label business where they started manufacturing their own products. They started with batteries, and now they have over 70 different products that they sell that I think the last that I saw was that it's worth, I think it's projected to be something like $25 billion, like by 2022, something like that. We'll include the links to the, that data in the show notes. But I say that to say what you guys are doing is really smart because if Amazon has the data and they look at products and go, you know, we can make that cheaper, or we can make that quicker, and brands are not asserting themselves and creating that present their own presence on Amazon today, like years from now or even months from now, Amazon or a competitor could come in and start to list their product or sell their product, and it could really eat into their not only their market share but their margin. You know, so I, I bring that up to say, you know, what you guys are doing is smart, but you're not just investing and putting on Amazon, you're also investing in your marketing to continue to position Basco the right way, you know? I think there, we, we hear that a lot and I've heard that a lot just in various conversations of, are you worried about um, that idea where they come in and private label? And I think obviously long-term, if you start to sell and get a lot of momentum, it might catch their attention, who knows? But I think the learnings that Basco will get from this, you know, for our own future, outweighs that potential risk long-term down the road any day of the week because, um, you know, again, the ability that we have now um, to, to learn directly from our customers, to see um, the opportunities that we have ahead of us um, for product strategy and, and new things that we can bring to this space, that, that outweighs it every time. We get asked all the time, where is our audience online? That's one of the big things that we do is we help manufacturers target their audience in their specific places where they are online. Uh, that answer is Amazon. Like you, you found them. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
Well, Beth, I think but you said think it. We're, we're all humans at the end of the day. I mean, we're all just humans. Everybody but wants the same thing in terms of convenience at this point. Not to mention Wayfair. Where do I want to buy my shower door? In the same place that I'm buying my towels and my faucet and my bathroom rug and my shower curtain, unless I'm getting a glass door. I mean, that's where I want to be able to buy that. It's literally one-stop shopping, and I'm already spending money, and I would love to spend some more money and just get this thing done. We just moved into our uh, a new house, Beth, and we actually, uh, my wife and I, have you know, when you move in, you have so many niche little things you want, whether it's rugs or, um, you know, something to fill that corner or a shower door that you want, whatever it is. Like, I have realized just myself the efficiency that it brings, you know, and I'll take it out of the shower door space. Rugs, again, we we have five rugs we need because now the house has hardwoods. And it's like, well, I can't imagine going to a rug store and looking all over taking the time for us both to go there with, you know, got three kids at home and we're going to pick from three rugs when we can just scan together on the phone and find 25 rugs that match the same size we want in the same color scheme, you know? And I think that's where as a, it's nice for me to flip it and be on that side again and say, wait a minute, this is, you know, this is the struggle that people have is they just want something easier. And I think the more niche product you are, I think there's a potential that you, it really means you're probably a better fit, you know, for something like uh, Amazon, because the niche products are the things that people don't want to go to three to four stores for to try to see if they have it. Um, I tried to go to a, a couple big box stores the other day looking for things and I didn't find it, and I was just saying to myself, why didn't I just start online with these things? It would have been a lot easier, you know? So let, let's talk about that for a second, Greg. If, if you are a building product manufacturer, you're listening to the show, what recommendations and strategy would you give someone who's considering Amazon? If they're considering, hey, I, I know I'm not there. I need, to, I need to get up to speed. I need to consider if this is an option for my business. What would you tell them? I think first and foremost, your audience is online and looking, you know, overall, I think we, we've seen enough statistics to know everybody is starting online for, for building materials. I think it starts with product and brand, brand strategy, uh, product and brand strategy are big decision factors. Um, you need to determine what products are a good fit for online and what value they might bring versus your traditional uh, sales channels. I think from a brand perspective, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, what I have seen in our space is all these brands popping up that um, are driving volume that, you know, weren't there yesterday. So I, I brand, established brands, I think, have an uphill battle in that arena. And you got to ask yourself, should you invent a separate brand, you know, a brand that is just online? Could you get away with that? Call it um, exclusiveness because, you know, obviously that gives you the ability to uh, avoid channel conflict. It gives you the ability to start clean um, and perhaps do a different quality model, different uh, pricing model, Um I think that's a big question to say, is that how you get in the game to protect 
both turfs, if you will. Um, but again, from the product strategy, what's what are the things you can start with? Starting small um, and really learning for your own business what, what makes sense and what people want from that. So you just mentioned a couple challenges that you all faced in this, one of which was channel conflict. That's something you and I have talked a little bit about. What are some of the other big hurdles that Basco has had to overcome in this growth within Amazon? Again, I think it goes back to do you have, and this isn't necessarily Basco, but you know we've learned as well along the way, but operationally, are you ready? Uh, again, those quicker, faster lead times, uh, service and support, uh, are you ready? Um, you know, moving quickly and responding to reviews, responding to questions. I think there's a real commitment that you have to make and expect, um, you know, to, to be successful in this area, um, that you're really ready to adapt, you know, and, and I think that's where we've been successful as we, we have been ready to adapt and, and listen to, to what this channel needs because the reality, again, our assumption is that our other channels will benefit from those same efficiencies. Do you think you've seen improved brand awareness and improved growth in your custom shower doors because of being featured on Amazon? Yeah, I and mean, I think there's definitely a brand lift and awareness lift. Um, you know, in our, our, our website traffic, we do track, we try to track to see where people go um, and, and come from. And I think there's, there's definitely some organic, uh, traffic coming because of our presence in those spots. And again, I think what I mentioned about them all fighting out and remarketing t- and, and search engine, Google shopping, again, we, we're the beneficiaries of that because the amount of ad budgets that they have is clearly um, superseding what we could do on our own because they're battling it out together. So uh, that's an added uh, perk for us. So, Greg, Basco has seen, you've seen huge growth as it relates to online sales, e-commerce, specifically Amazon, you know, over the last, you know, three, five years. Like, that's been a big strategic move for you guys. What, what, what other hurdles and what other, I guess, shifts or changes and challenges do you think the building products arena is going to face the next three to five years? I think it comes, uh, it comes down to a couple things. I think the idea of... Um, Again, how pros get involved in this space and start buying in bulk. That's where like build.coms of the world. I think we've seen they do it very well. Um, Depot, I do know, is is really focused on that for the future. Uh, but I think overall, you, you have to ask yourself how, you know, based on how niche you are, um, you know, do you open those channels directly yourself. You know, I think um, everybody's asking that question. You look at, you know, the benchmark examples of a, a Casper mattress or, um, you know, all, all these sort of direct-to-consumer models that have really um, upturned uh, the apple cart on a bunch of different industries. I think everybody's asking themselves, you know, is this a model we need to consider in the future? Um, that's surely not to say that um, showrooms and or brick and mortar doesn't have their space. I think they always will. I think it's a better experience for um, 
the consulted sale. Um, but I, I think overall, you know, that's the question that I hear people asking at different events and, and networking opportunities that I'm in. Uh, and, and the other thing is, is profitability. I think how much longer, you know, and this isn't, again, a Basco thing. I've heard this IRCE. It was a huge um, topic. Um, and I've got friends at other companies that are either threatened by online or um, are online already. And, you know, it's this Amazon model of uh, can you have it good, fast, and cheap? And I think, you know... Everybody is asking themselves, is that really sustainable? And, um, you know, Amazon, it, there's still debate as to whether they're, they're actually making money on that, on that portion or is it all advertising and servers that where they're making their money? And I think so. That's a big question overall that I think is going to come to an interesting point is how sustainable, how profitable is this good, fast, and cheap model. Um, and again, that's that's not specific to Basco. That's something I, I just question from conversations I've had with people in other industries as well. Yeah, I had a I had a manufacturer ask me recently. So the funniest questions I ever got asked, they asked me, how do I how do I turn off the internet for my competitors? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I, I didn't even understand that question. I was like, wait, what? You want you don't want your competitors to be online? He's like, no, I don't. I said, I was like, I don't think we can help you with that. That goes <laughs> that goes right up there with. Um, can you call Google and have them take off that result there of you know that 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 bad review or whatever? It's like that's yeah, let not me just give them a call. But uh, you know, but it excites me. You know, like I I know that a lot of manufacturers are scared, but for the things that you brought up, like the ability for you guys to use data to make decisions, the 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 way it's made you change and face how can you be more customer centric like that's those are exciting challenges that if you can get behind it's really going to help you be more competitive down the road you know absolutely I I, I agree I, I'm excited by it I don't think there should be any fear I, I obviously there's fear and change but uh, there's just so much to me that's just apparent uh, of where this is going to go in terms of convenience and exposure and ability to purchase in, in any, wherever you are in the country or the world, you know, that's just going to drive this um, to the point where it becomes commonplace for, for all building materials. Awesome, Greg. Well, we appreciate you jumping on the show. If someone has questions or wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to reach out? I think the best way is just to hit me up on LinkedIn. And I think uh, you've got a, you've got my information, you've got my link. So yeah, I appreciate it. It's been great. Uh, wish you guys luck. Uh, I really enjoy uh, the podcast so far. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll, we'll include a link to your LinkedIn on the show notes. So if you want to connect with Greg, just go to venvio.com slash podcast and find his podcast and we'll make sure we include it. But again, yeah, we appreciate you jumping on. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.